Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Squad Up. I am Eduardo, the host of this podcast, a podcast all about games, uh, the history of games, the the popular games that are being played, games of all kind. Once again, I am your host, and joining me on the squad today is my co-host. He is the Batman to my Superman, the Iron Man to my Captain America, the Blanche to my Dorothy. It's Peaches. Peaches, what's up, man? Hey Eduardo, how you doing? Good. How are you, man? I'm pretty good. I'm mostly curious if I was Batman and Iron Man in those comparisons. Uh huh. That's yes. good. Okay. You were the. Uh, did you not catch the Golden Girls reference? No, that was the one I you kind of lost me on. Okay. Well, let's not. That was one specifically for my mom because I know she listens to the show. Hi, mom. All right. Uh, <laughs> what's been going on, man? How you doing? Oh, uh, you know it's it's been a week of triumph or so i thought uh work was going really well and then i kind of got slapped in the face not literally uh today so Ooh. it's just a it's just uh, uh a speed bump basically sure so I'll, I'll be able to get over it but it was uh i thought that everything was going very swimmingly and it was actually going slightly less swimmingly yeah, but you did have some success on the streaming front, if I remember. Yeah, man. Wednesday was pretty awesome. Um, it doesn't seem awesome when you actually say it out loud like to a possible audience, but to me it was awesome. I had, I had like, at one point streaming, I think you said I had seven or eight viewers simultaneously, and that's uh, an all-time high for me. That almost doubles my record. Well, I think it's really important when we're talking about content creation and what we're doing that bringing in other people, I think what was really important about it was that it was people that we didn't know. And I think that's the hardest part about content creation is getting other people that you don't know to listen to your content um, or to participate in your content. Because I feel very strongly about our content, um, but it's just getting people to take that first step into like listening or watching the stream. Oh, I agree. And I also didn't expect to get that many viewers playing um, Legends of Mario because, as you saw, I was god awful at it. Hey, man, people seem to enjoy it, so maybe you've maybe you've uh, found something there. Maybe you should just keep streaming every day and playing different things and seeing what the people like. See, you know, give the people what they want. Just, I think the theme should be play games that I'm awful at. So far, that's that's what seems to be working. Well, if that's a game you've been playing that you're off a lot, what other games have you been playing for this week? Um, so, like I just said, Legends of Mario. Uh, if you if you haven't heard of or seen that, it's that's probably pretty common that you don't know about it. Not, I'm not trying to sound like a hipster or anything. All I'm saying is, a lot of these Mario hacks, um, you find them online, and you only really find them if you're looking for them. So. Um, but you guys should check them out. Mario Hacks, uh, Legends of Mario is one of them. It's a it's a fairly easy one compared to some of the other ones. Um, a lot of other ones are named after the streamers that play Mario quite often. Um, I played some Link to the Past randomizer like I always do. I actually had a pretty good seed, finished in less than two hours, so that's nice. Um, a little bit more Hollow Knight. That game's still fun. I actually downloaded Undertale. Ooh. And I played Undertale for a hot second. I have to say, it is really fun, and it's making me laugh, and the music is on point, dude. That sounds fun. Now, uh, when it comes to the, the Mario hacks, what what about them is different from, say, Super Mario Maker? Um, That's a loaded question. They can kind of, depending on how difficult the Mario Maker creators are making their stages, they can kind of be one in the same. Um, basically, a lot of these hacks, and if you're going to compare the hacks to, you know, super expert level Mario Maker stages, it's basically just they're crafted in such a way, the levels are crafted in such a way that you, you just have to be very good to play them. A lot of the jumps require extreme precision. Um, you have to do a lot of techniques that you would never see in a Nintendo-made Mario game, like something that a Nintendo level creator would put out, because it would just be too hard. Like, for instance, um, there's a move called a shell jump, which a lot of pros can do really easily, but 
essentially you're holding a shell of some kind, like a Koopa shell, um, and you throw it against a wall while you're at the peak of your jump, and it bounces off the wall just right to where as you're falling from your jump, you hit the shell in midair, and then you get a little bit of extra height. And stuff like that is littered all throughout the harder stages. A lot of times it's in instances where if you mess up that shell jump, you don't get another chance. So you either have to kill yourself and try the level again, or you actually die because you'll like fall into lava or hit or hit a spike or something. Um, so it's just, they, they incorporate a lot of harder techniques like that. Um, and I think that's kind of what makes them fun, right? Cause you know how Mario usually is, but then it kicks the dip difficulty up like 16 notches. And so yeah. it's just fun to, fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. And maybe that's why you're seeing such success. As for me, I have been playing more of the Hearthstone Witchwood expansion. It's been a lot of fun. It's my like relaxing game when I'm looking for something to just kind of unwind and play something. I just kind of sit and zone out and play Hearthstone, listen to music or watch a stream or something. But honestly, what what I've been playing doesn't really matter because the only thing that actually matters is God of War. Now, (laughs) let me me preface this by saying that next week we're going to have Lewis on the show um, and we're going to be doing a full God of War episode. We're going to be talking only God of War for the big chunk of the of the episode, so stay tuned for that. But as far as my initial impressions on the game goes, uh, those reviews are spot on. This game is amazing in ways that I didn't think a God of War game could be, and maybe that's part of why the game is so good, is because it changes so much about the God of War formula while still keeping the same essence and sort of preserving that same soul of God of War. Like, it feels like a God of War game and also feels like a completely different game at the same time, which is incredibly impressive. Like, Kratos is still a a massive jerk, right? Um, yes... And no, he is still a jerk. And it's weird because you there's a very small cast of characters in this game. So it's him, his son, and then like a handful of others. Um, and it's mostly just interactions between him and his son. This isn't going to be a spoiler, but at the very beginning of the game... Um, you find out what's going on in the story and it's in the, within the first like two minutes. So this isn't a spoiler. It's literally how the game starts off. But you start off with your son and you're taking... Um, your, his mother's ashes to the top of some mountain and so that's your quest for the whole game or at least for as much as I have played and partly through that you're, you're sort of basically the whole game is is testing that relationship between father and son which if you've played any of the other God of War games you know you would never imagine Kratos to be um, a father of any kind and and have any sort of remorse or anything but his his character is so much more deep and well developed in this game than any of the other uh, god of war games hands down that's pretty cool man i i'm looking forward to picking it up i'm gonna pick it up this weekend i'm going out tomorrow to see infinity war so probably on my way home i will swing by somewhere and pick it up so i can uh, contribute to next week's conversation yeah, absolutely. I implore you and anyone listening to this, if you own a PlayStation 4, pick up God of War because we're going to be talking all about it on next week's episode. But this week, it's time to see what's going on in the world of gaming. Waluigi time. So Microsoft uh, has been having... Not the, no, I wouldn't say the best time. They're not having the worst time. So let's preface this by saying that the Microsoft one or the Xbox one is not like a poor selling console, but it's definitely not the best selling console. And I wouldn't even say it's second best selling console, um, as, at least as far as now is concerned. Um, and it looks like they're taking some action against a, a mod of a pretty popular mod called El Dorito. Um, and it's a Halo mod that has been become fairly popular on the PC, and uh, it's speculation that one of the reasons that they are shutting down this mod is because uh, Microsoft is planning to release the next Halo on the PC as well as the Xbox. Yeah, I was a little, I was a little confused about this. So we found this article on Polygon, right? And they're talking about how the developers are shutting it down, but it's hard for them because they're like, oh, we're really really humbled that people still want to play Halo. We had no idea that people wanted to play Halo as much, but we're still going to take your game away. And I all, I just honestly didn't really know what El Dorito is. Like, 
do you know exactly what it is? Because I, I think I caught up to speed, but if you know better than I do, please enlighten me. Uh, as far as I know, El Dorito is like a, it's like a mod that that basically lets them play um, online multiplayer. As far as I know, um, but once again, I'm also not. I haven't played El Dorito myself, so I don't I don't know firsthand experience. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting out of it. I, what I what what I read made it sound like it was basically the multiplayer from Halo Three, kind of like captured on PC, and you could mod it slightly, but it was like trying to bring specific halo three elements into it that i might be butchering that sorry if you love el dorito and i'm getting this wrong but that's just what i've gathered from this article i just also think it's hilarious that it's called el dorito it's fun to say yeah it it makes me hungry (laughs) (laughs) but i also so what do you what do you think about them like getting you know pseudo upset about this like what's your take on this because i have I have some thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. You know, it's interesting because modding in general has become significantly less popular. So studios have been become, I think, more and more protective of their IPs. I think the only real games that still get modded are like uh, Skyrim and maybe some other Bethesda titles. But honestly, modding used to be significantly bigger. Like Blizzard does not allow modding in their games anymore. And a lot of these games that used to just be part of this modding community are no longer made. We talked a couple weeks ago about how um, one of the things that really pushed MOBAs into the forefront was the the Dota mod for Warcraft 3. And um, it doesn't seem like creators want to mods to continue doing that um, because they end up losing hold of their IP. PUBG, PUBG was a was a mod of Arma Three, and that took off. And now, who plays Arma Three anymore? Right? I don't even know what you just said. Did you just speak another language? Uh, player knows battlegrounds. Armor, uh, no, no, no. I know PUBG <laughs> Arma Three. What is? I don't even know what that is. It, I'm it's like. A- it's another third person. It's it's a third person shooter that was modded and then added in the battle royale game mode, which was the original Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which then branched off into its own game. See, that's okay. So, I'm glad that you said all that first because I think my point enhances yours about this. I think three four three industries is making a mistake right now. Um, let's think about a couple other games that we have actually talked about in the beginning of this episode, coincidentally. You mentioned Mario Maker. Um, Mario Maker was made essentially because Nintendo could not stop people from modding other Mario games, right? Like, Nintendo had to put a stop to all of these things, whether they did, a su- they did it successfully or not. That's not what we're talking about. But after... X amount of years of people just doing whatever they wanted with Mario games and modding them into their own thing. Nintendo's like, you know what? Fine. Keep doing that. And also here's our version of a quote unquote modded Mario game. And now anybody can make whatever levels they want. So take that hackers. Of course, people still make Mario hacks, but that's not the point. The point is it turned into something that Nintendo could use to make a profit. Right. And Mario maker is pretty much the only reason why people still play a Wii U. Like, what else is on the Wii U that people need it for at this point? Almost nothing. And then you already made the point of the Dota mod turning into MOBAs as we know them today. Like, if if people had, had not modded Warcraft, we might not see MOBAs. And the same thing with stuff like, and I know I know this'll this'll tickle you a little bit because it's more Blizzard news, but all of these vanilla WoW servers that people have, you know, modded so that people can play WoW in its original state probably is a big factor in what in why Blizzard chose to eventually release a classic server because they don't want people to run their own. They're, they're going to take ownership of it because now they know that people want it. You know what I mean? So like these type of situations can easily turn into something good for a company. And I think 343 probably isn't seeing that as well as they should. Yeah, I completely agree. And and Blizzard is probably the best company to represent that, right? So you've got two sides of the same coin. So you've got Blizzard in the past. Well, I guess it's all in the past. But Blizzard in the very past um, 
not capitalizing on Dota and not following through on that and focusing on other things. They didn't necessarily try to shut Dota down, uh, but they didn't focus on it. They didn't pay attention to it. And then they got bit in the butt because then the MOBA explosion happened and they were at the end of that train. Um, And it seems like they are trying to kind of come out on top of this whole vanilla thing, vanilla wow thing. So they're an incredible or like a great example of why this this problem or this this issue shouldn't even be an issue, right? I think if I'm 343, I'm flattered by it, and I might try to increase the modding community. See, look, here's my opinion. I think that 343 is a Microsoft studio, and they need to be working with Microsoft to make exclusive things and to bring something to the Xbox that's going to propel it forward more than it is, because right now it's in third place, in my opinion. It is in third place of the console war, and that is only because there's not a fourth console out. Um, and you know it's interesting that Microsoft is taking such a such an anti-gamer stance before because we're going to discuss later in the episode that kind of bit them in the butt a few years ago. Do you count PC Master Race in that list? I do not. I only specifically mention consoles, but I would even I would put if I counted PC, I'd put the Xbox one fourth. Man, those are fighting words for somebody. I'm sure they are, but I am sure also that the numbers would back it up. Um, the Switch all time hasn't reached the sales of the Xbox One, but I think in its first year, it's already a third of the sales of Xbox One. Uh, the Switch has already sold 10 million units, and the Xbox One in its lifetime has only sold 30 million. Which, oh, you know I got some stats for you later. Oh, me too, dude. I've got stats ready. Um, but 30 million isn't isn't anything to scoff at, but if, if if Microsoft wants to take back the reins and become the company that they used to be, which was head-to-head with Sony, they need to take more gamer-positive approaches, and I think this is one of those things that they could pop- capitalize on, right? What if they were the first console to openly accept mods for their games and they were something that the, the console supported? How amazing would that be? I mean, I think there's still time for them to turn this around. I mean, this... This news is not very old. You know, it, it's actually news for the most part. And they still have time. If they want to reach back out to these guys that have put all this work into modding a game that they love, and maybe instead of shutting it down, say, hey, we actually want to partner with you and make this thing even better than you have it, if possible. You know, I think that could be a win for them. Yeah, I agree. I um. I think that the they still have time, and it, I mean it, it's going to show. We'll see. I mean, and speaking of Microsoft, they kind of dropped the ball once again uh, a little earlier. Uh, they accidentally uh, teased the trailer for uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider that wasn't supposed to release, and so they ended up just releasing. And have you seen it? That trailer is super dark. This is the dump on Microsoft episode, and I don't hate it. <laughs> I did watch the trailer, and I think that it looks really good. It reminds me a lot of a mixture of kind of the the atmosphere, not literally, but the atmosphere of The Last of Us, like the gloom, and just the Uncharted games, which is an easy comparison to make Tomb Raider to Uncharted, but it you know it it looks like something in the middle of those, not quite as dark as Uncharted gets but still the same, you know, g- general theme. You don't think it's as dark as Uncharted? I think it's darker than Uncharted gets. I'm sorry. No, I meant that the opposite way. No, I meant darker than Uncharted, not quite as dark as Last of Us got. I'm I'm fumbling over my words. Got it. No, I agree. Um, does it, it did it not feel a little Temple of Doom to you? Uh, I'm going to get some hate comments on this, but I don't really care for Indiana Jones. Yeah, you're probably going to get hate comments. And let me also say, I've only seen Temple of Doom probably once, uh, but it definitely felt Temple of Doomy, Indiana Jonesy to me. And I think that's where they're trying to steer Tomb Raider. Um, and it's interesting because since Uncharted as a series is kind of wrapped up, Tomb Raider is that Indiana Jones game. And it's interesting that that's there's only one of those where I feel like there's space for there to be several of these exploration type uh, experiences. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess the Uncharted. I don't actually know the story. I haven't played the fourth one. I've played one through three of Uncharted, but if that series is wrapped up, 
I guess, spoiler alert. <laughs> Not really. But, I mean, it seems I mean, like there's Uncharted a, 4 a steady... is literally Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, so... That's true. Yeah. It's in the title. The spoiler's in the title. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like there's at least a steady stream of those types of games available for people. You know, Uncharted had it for a while. Tomb Raider came back. The last one was supposedly really good. So I'm sure this one will be good, too. Yeah, I've got high hopes for it. Um, it'll also release on PC eventually. They always do. And when that happens, I'll pick it up. And, you know, that'll lead us into our topic right now is that I don't I don't think that... I mean, and this is like a weird segue to get into our topic, but uh, I don't feel like there's anything that makes me want to pick up an Xbox One. I, like, I have no uh, reason to pick up an Xbox One there. You can't tell me one game that I'm like, oh, man, I need to pick up an Xbox One to play that game. But not, I don't think the same thing can be said for the PlayStation 4. And that's why today we're talking all about the PlayStation 4. We're going to talk about its launch. We're going to talk about uh, how much, how many units it sold, um, why, it's, why, it's so, why it's so big. So let's start at the very beginning. The PlayStation 4 was announced on February 20th, 2013. So we're at 2018 right now, so five years ago. And it doesn't feel... It feels like just yesterday the PlayStation 4 was announced. Like I, it, It's mind-boggling to me, honestly, that we're almost at the end of this console life cycle, if you're taking console life cycles into account. Really? To me, it feels like it's been around forever. Like I have the opposite. Like I feel like that's the only PlayStation console that's existed for a long time. Really? That's interesting. I mean, obviously that's not true, but it, that's what it feels like to me. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so it launched in North America on November 15th, 2013. Um, so later that year. And then it won the hearts of gamers uh, thanks to Microsoft once again. So Microsoft, if you remember this year in E3, I remember this year so well. So Microsoft and Sony both put on presentations showcasing their new console. You've got uh, Sony on one hand with their PS4. And on their their end, they're like, let's talk about games. We're going to talk about all the games that are coming to PS4. We're going to talk about all of our exclusive and they focused on games and then you go over to microsoft and microsoft were like let's talk about how our console is also a home console for you to watch tv and do all these other things that aren't play games and i remember they showed only a few minutes of game footage for their entire however many hour long uh presentation and that really sort of took gamers back also the price point the xbox one started off a hundred dollars more expensive than the ps4 which if you if time tells anything, it's that gamers are very fickle and they're not going to spend too much money unless they're getting something out of it. So PlayStation 4 was the more powerful console, it was the cheaper console, and it was the console that focused on games, and it really propelled it to the, the point that it's at now. It's the number six selling console of all time. Now get this, it's number six behind the Xbox 360, the PlayStation 3, the Wii, the PlayStation, and the PlayStation 2. So out of the top six, four out of the top six are the four PlayStation consoles. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, amazing. it's not insane. They they put out a good product. So insane's the wrong word, but it's it's impressive. A it absolutely eye. is. It absolutely is. Um and you know, think think last generation. So last generation, we're gonna go with all time sales. Uh hold on. I thought I had the metrics, but I do not actually. I don't know if you have the data there. Um, Yo, I got something for you. Boom, go for it. So first of all, I just want to say that I was rereading up on that 2013 E3 presentation because I forgot exactly how awful it was for Microsoft. Yep. <laughs> but um, not only did they put their price point of their console $100 more, um, while they were demonstrating a game, it was like... Uh, Primal Fury or something. It was a fighting game of some sort. Killer Instinct, I think. Killer Instinct, that's what it was. One of the dudes who was fighting a female said something along the along the lines of rape to her. And Yikes. so yeah, that he didn't say the word specifically, but he made like a slur that was made everybody very uncomfortable. So that's not great, right? Like me just saying that word to you made me uncomfortable. Right. You know what I mean? He said that as a joke to a woman with an audience. So not good. Other than that, do you remember, this makes me laugh thinking about this. They had that whole campaign Microsoft did where they were super gung-ho about people not sharing their games anymore. Yep. They're like, if you want to play a single player game, 
you're going to have to go buy it yourself because we're done with people passing games to each other. Sharing games, not cool. Quote Microsoft. Like, they just didn't want it. And Sony came out like guns blazing. They even had a commercial that was like instructions on how to share your video games. And the dude just handed his PS4 game to his friend. And they're like, done. <laughs> like, that put a lot of people off. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So they just completely wrecked that. And whether or not that allowed Sony to have a little bit more success at E3 that year, I, it's, it's hard to say. But the numbers certainly show over time that regardless of that presentation, Sony still has the most successful console. So getting to the point here, um, so for comparison... Every year since the PlayStation 4 has come out, according to almost every source that I've found, not almost, every source that I've found, the PlayStation has sold more units globally and here in the United States um, over time than any other console. So what does that mean? Well, if you look at all of 2014, 15, and 16, where the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo 3DS, because that's a big seller, all those three had already been out for at least a year once, um, not at least a year. In 2014 to the end of 2014, they had all been out. That's what I'm trying to say. And PlayStation 4 sold almost double the amount of Xbox Ones globally. Um, and they continued every year until 2017, or at, until at least the end of 2017, to have more sales than any other console. In fact, 2017, PlayStation 4 globally had 19.64 million consoles sold. Um, now, you look at 2013, and you see that 2013, PlayStation 4 had 4.49 million consoles sold. But it came out November 15th, as you said, right? Yep. For comparison, when the 3DS came out in 2011, it sold 12.56 million. That's almost three times as much, right? But the Nintendo 3DS came out February 26th. So if you do a little bit of math, the Nintendo 3DS, when it first came out, to get to 12.56 million units sold, had to sell at least 40, like on average, 40,600 and change 3DSs a day. For the PlayStation to get to 4.49 million, from the middle of November through the end of the year, they had to sell 95.5 thousand PlayStation 4s a day. That's insane. Like the numbers don't lie about PlayStation. I don't, and, and honestly, I've always had a love for PlayStation. That's what I grew up playing. I don't have a PS4 now. Uh, I don't know what happened. I kind of just stopped spending full price on games. Maybe that's the problem but they've got the market. I don't know how, but they've got it. I'll tell you how. Let's let's rewind to the era of the PS3 and the Xbox 360. If you were going to ask me where Microsoft was 10 years ago, I would say they were at the height of their video game prowess. They were they were, they were definitely battling for the top spot with Sony and at times at the top spot. It was a very um, divisive market. You had the Wii which was selling astronomical numbers because it was reaching the homes of families and like grandparents were buying it and they're playing Wii bowling, but when you're talking about people that actually play video games, I think it was definitely a battle between the PS3 and the Xbox 360. And then at the beginning of this console generation, People at Microsoft got really big heads, and I, and I feel really bad because it's like we're really trashing on Microsoft this episode. But truthfully, um, Microsoft got a really had like really big heads, and they were like, "We're gonna not let people share games, and we're gonna make this console have fifty thousand ways to monetize it, and we're not gonna focus on games." And I think that's the important thing there is that they did not focus on games. So if we're gonna take a look now. Um, at some of the exclusives that are on the PS4. So we've got uh, I've got a short list here of PS4 exclusives. Uh, stop me if you haven't heard of any of these games. Horizon Zero Dawn, Bloodborne, Persona 5, Nier Automata, Uncharted 4, The Last Guardian, The Shadow of the Colossus remake, 
God of War. I mean, these games are high caliber games that any one of those games, I wouldn't say anyone, maybe not. Actually, you know what? Yes. Any one of those games could sell a console, could make me go, I need to buy this console because I need to play this game. And this is the only place that I can play that. And that's what I was trying to say earlier is there is not a single game that Microsoft is putting out that makes me want to buy a console. But there are, and there's an entire list of games that would make me want to buy a PS4 and then play all my other console games on my PS4. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the releases too that that Microsoft put out when they announced all this, they uh, can you name one other than they said they were going to have a Halo game? Nope. I, I can't even think off the top of my head of any good Microsoft exclusives. There's one that I can think of, um, and it was the reason that a couple of my friends ended up going with Xbox One over PS4, um, Sunset Overdrive. But that is the only thing that I remember that sticks out to me as far as Xbox exclusive. They are making another game, and I can't believe I'm spacing on what game that is. But they're in the process of making another game, and if the game ends up being well, maybe people will buy, pick up more Xboxes. Hold while I look this up. Do we have any hold music? I wish we did. Uh, the soothing sounds of Eduardo's keyboard. Everyone. I know. Oh, right, so the developer. Stuff. Oh, it's Insomniac. Yes. Okay. Insomniac. And Insomniac. Who also, who also created um, Ratchet and Clank, right? Correct. And that's exact. Oh my goodness. That's so great that you said that because you know who's making the upcoming Spider-Man game coming out later this year? Is that Insomniac? That's Insomniac. No way. Yeah. Let's just double check that before I... No, you're right. I'm on their website right now. That's their. That's the video on their homepage. Yep. Is Spider-Man it's, coming to PS4 2018? Yeah, it's it's crazy, and the, the probably one of the number one games that honestly Sunset Overdrive did not do very well. It was not. It received pretty tepid reviews. Some people said it was great. Some people said it was not great. Um, but Spider-Man is looking to be fantastic, um, and obviously. The Last of Us 2, when that releases, is also going to be another console seller. Last of Us 2, regarded as one of the pillar, uh, cornerstone or pillar, pillar games for the PS3 era. Um, sort of kind of a pinnacle. I played it, the remastered version, on PS4, and it was still phenomenal. Um, and if you're looking for an experience similar to that, I would pick up the new God of War game. Trust me. Um, but back to this. Uh, Last of Us 2 is coming out. Spider-Man's coming out. Um... Sony continues to be part of the, the exclusive train, and that's what's going to continue selling their consoles. Yo, I just got super hyped for that Spider-Man game. Like, I read it on the show notes, and I didn't really feel anything. And now that we've said that it's coming out, I'm just super hyped to play it. Yeah, the trailers look crazy. Um, it looks like a Spider-Man game crossed with the Arkham series, which sounds super cool. Um, and it's got this giant open world, and it seems to be kind of sticking to its own Spider-Man story, which I love um, superhero games that kind of tell their own story, which I think why the Batman games were so successful. Um, so yeah, all of these all of these games are, are really what's pushing the PlayStation forward. Now, um where does Microsoft go from here, right? So you're Microsoft, you've got this the PlayStation 4, which is pummel, pummeling you, right? In terms of all-time sales, um, we've got the PlayStation 4 at 75.2 million units sold, and the Xbox One at 36 million units sold. That is the, the most recent aggregate data I can get as of January 2018. That is more than double the number of consoles sold. Um, yeah, you got to do something different. So, so you're Microsoft. What do you do? What do you do? I, uh, you know, I think, I think it goes back to, obviously, this was quite a while ago, as you mentioned. But if you think about their attitude at E3, about how it was more trying to turn the system into an entertainment console and not a game system, and they were trying to, you know, restrict people from sharing their games and they were trying to make an extra, you know, an extra hundo dollars, you know, thinking that they had the fan base to carry them through the extra price point. I think you, you just have to think of your audience better, you know, like 
I think Sony, at least that year, we can say for sure, because, you know, we watched E3 that year, they did a much better job thinking about their fans, the people that are loyal to their brand. And if Microsoft, for their game systems at least, I'm not going to speak for their other products, but for their game systems, if they want to catch back up to have the competitive nature that they had with Sony before, they just have to change something. They have to care more about their fans. You know, I don't want to always relate everything to Blizzard, but I'm going to do it again. Because if you think about Warlords of Draenor and how when Warlords of Draenor came out, it had that same spike in popularity because it was a new um, expansion. But when the features that the game had upset all of the WoW players, the attendance of that game dropped so dramatically. And you saw the opposite thing happen when Legion came out, where the expansion released, just like before a spike of of users showed up. And instead of leaving, they stayed because Blizzard took the time to think about what their fans wanted. They threw away their ego and they said, no, this is what they want. We're going to find a way to give it to them. And boom, popular again. And they're, and they're doing a much better job. I mean, right now we're getting close to another expansion. So the popularity is on the lower end, but that happens toward the end of every WoW expansion. Um, there just isn't enough content. My point is they did something that their fans enjoyed and that paid off for them. That's the only way that Microsoft is going to catch back up to Sony. They have to think about the fans. Now, do you think they can catch up? Is there any way they catch up this generation? Or should they be scrapping what they have and looking towards the next generation? I I think at this point, you got to put it all into next-gen console. You know, there's already talk of PlayStation 5, rumor rather. Um, whatever Xbox comes next, I don't know what... <laughs> what naming convention, numbering convention rather, Microsoft's going to go with because they love to throw the, na- the numbering conventions in the trash. Uh, <laughs> see Microsoft Windows 95, followed by 98, followed by XP, followed by... Was it Vista? Seven, so Vista, followed by 7, 8, skip 9, 10. Like Xbox 360, Xbox One. Are we going to do like Xbox nine and a half i don't know it doesn't matter the point is i think they should focus on whatever comes next and they need to learn from the mistake they made in 2013 and they need to study what sony and i would say nintendo is doing study what those two companies are doing because nintendo while sony has two-thirds of the top six home consoles as far as um how many units are sold. Nintendo has, if you include handheld consoles, Nintendo is about tied with Sony as far as number of consoles in the top percentage. So they need to study their competition and they need, they just need to do better. That's this, this is peaches from squad up telling you to do better. Microsoft. Yeah. I, a thousand percent agree and i had an xbox 360 i loved my xbox 360 um and i love the competition right i want there to be a competition between these developers and these uh, these um console makers because the more competition there is the better it is for us the consumer if playstation say playstation buries the xbox and we all become slaves to our playstation overlords then all you have to look for is your PlayStation. The reason I'm not counting the Switch in that is because I always feel like I count Nintendo in its own separate world. Nintendo only ever competes, in my opinion, with Nintendo. Nintendo is its own thing. I think about it in its own thing, and until it starts really pumping out the same um, third-party titles as these other two consoles, I'm always going to consider it an on-its-own-island. So I only consider the battle between the PlayStation and the Xbox, and if the PlayStation buries the Xbox, I, I, I fear what a large corporation will do if they have a monopoly on that, right? Um, and so I want the Xbox to, Xbox to succeed. I want to, to, to want their console, but they got to give me a reason. 
Um, and PlayStation is giving me several reasons, like God of War, which we're going to talk about next week. Um, but they are giving me several reasons to come by their console and to stay in their console. Um, they've got the whole PlayStation Plus thing, which gives you free games, which Microsoft, granted, does have with Xbox um, Gold and Games with Gold. And so they do this uh, a similar thing. They just started, uh, Microsoft just started their whole, like, um, subscription service where you can pay like I think it's like 10 bucks a month and you get like a library of games you can play um, Sony has something similar and so I, I, I need Xbox to pick it up because I need that that competition so that the market continues to thrive um, I need Microsoft to put out more exclusives I need them to figure something out to, 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 to give me some sort of quality game that it's going to make me want to buy an Xbox One now, Sony is in the driver's seat, right? They're in the, the top position. They are the top dog right now. Where does Sony go from here? Like, how do you, if you're riding the rocket to the moon, what do you what do you do to, to, to keep that rocket going to Mars, right? I mean, I you just keep fueling the rocket. Like, that's all they have to do. They, they know how to fuel the rocket properly. So just keep doing that. I, I don't know how they could improve because they're already doing a phenomenal job. I, I say just whatever plan that you have formulated, stick to that plan. And if you have to change the plan, you can figure it out later. But so far, so good. Now, you know? I'm, I'm going to – I know there is a listener out there who listens to this show. Uh, his name is Robert Griffin. Everybody write that down. His name is Robert Griffin. And Robert Griffin is going to be on this show here pretty soon. We've already talked about it. But Robert Griffin does not believe in today's era of video games. Does not believe in today's home console. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the PlayStation is the best home console of all time. And I need you to, 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 to pump the brakes before, before you let me explain. I know you're ready with the pitchforks getting ready to yell at me like, how dare you, Eduardo, uh, not, not talk about the Super Nintendo or the original PlayStation or um, even the PlayStation 2 for that matter. Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say it's the PlayStation 4 and here's why. Because the same reasons Microsoft wanted the Xbox One to succeed are the same reasons why I think the PlayStation 4 is succeeding it does everything the xbox one promised it is my multimedia machine i use it to watch all of my tv all of my netflix i never use a tv anymore i just watch everything through my playstation and i have some of the best games that have been made i would say in the past 10 to 15 years god of war being one of them um and so with a lot of those together i, I find it hard to to, to argue now, Peaches, you're going to get to jump in with your opinion here, and I know you don't own a PS4, um, but I do think that the PlayStation 4 has really achieved something here and might, in my mind, take that top spot. I don't know that I necessarily have the... Uh, what am I trying to say here? I don't know if it's fair for me to argue with you on this one, considering that, as I've said several times on the show, I don't own a PS4. Um I think there might be some reason that I just haven't thought of yet that I haven't been compelled enough to go and pay for one. Um, of course, I didn't pay for my Switch either. I got that as a Christmas present. Thank you, Grandma. Um, Thanks, Grandma. So, so the only thing that I've paid for console-wise in recent memory, if you even count this as a console, is building my PC. Um I would argue if I could include PC in this list that it is the best, but I know that we're talking about home consoles. So I don't, I don't know that I can argue with you. Um, I know how I've always been a PlayStation fanboy. ever since I was little, I grew up with the PlayStation. I didn't even really care about Nintendo other than the classics until like certain titles on the GameCube. And even then I really only wanted those titles and then when the Wii came out I only wanted a couple of those titles so on and so forth but there's always been something on PlayStation that I've wanted for whatever reason maybe it's just me getting older and being more stingy about my money that I haven't paid for my own PlayStation 4 um, but the numbers don't lie and I'm a huge fan of numbers so I can't argue with you on this one yeah, um, hopefully we'll be able to bring somebody on who is going to argue with me. That's me officially calling out Robbie Griffin. Robbie, if you are listening, and I know you do, I'm calling you out 
to come on this show and argue with me. I believe that the games of today are the best that that they have ever been, and I know that you feel otherwise. So come on the show, debate it with me, and we'll let the people decide who wins. Me versus Robbie Griffin coming soon to a podcast near you. Now, I really hope that... uh... I really hope that he's okay with his full name being disclosed. Uh, whether he is or not, I could be talking about the um, the football player. Is he Robert Griffin? RG3? Is he Robert Griffin? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. How many Robert Griffins are there? There must be like hundreds. There's at least three of them, right? If he's RG3. So we're talking four well, now. Four yeah, Robert Yeah, there's Griffins. at least four. Yeah. So come Based on. on that. Right. So <laughs> what if we accidentally got RG3 on the show? Like he's listening uh, and he heard you and he's like, bro, I'm about to fight you. Oh, uh, dude, that'd be so dope. Do you remember that weird uh, PlayStation All-Stars Super Smash Brothers game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. OK, so not to uh, have this this episode about the success of Sony and then talk about their absolutely failed attempt at super smash bros. Yes, I do remember that. And I was really disappointed in it. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if Kratos was in it or not, but if he wasn't, he needs to have been, um, not Kratos was in, was. he was in one of the soul caliber games, right? Was he not um, Am I making that up? I am going to research these things while you distract the audience. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's unfair to talk about Sony's failures. I think PlayStation All-Stars was a failure. I think the eye candy thing was a failure. I think the move controllers were a failure. And we'll see if time tells if PSVR is a failure. I think it's doing way better than any VR. It's definitely the cheapest VR besides, I guess, the cell phone one. Like little doodads that you can get to latch onto your head um but i think playstation vr is doing well as far as vr is concerned i know a few people think that vr is going to be the future of video games i disagree but um hey you did a good job filling that time oh thanks yeah i found i found the list so Uh um kratos was in soul caliber oh yeah caliber game um he was also in the PlayStation All-Stars. Ooh, good, and good. I'm glad he was. PlayStation All-Stars had, had hits such as Kratos, Nathan Drake, Ratchet and Clank, Sackboy from uh, Little Big Planet, Sly Cooper, uh, Dante from DMC. Uh, it also had big, a Big Daddy from Bioshock. And it had... Who else is notable? Zeus was a DLC character. And uh, Sweet Tooth. Remember Sweet Tooth, the clown from Twisted Metal? I do. He was in there. Uh, And Cole McGrath. Cole McGrath from Infamous. But there was a good version of him with like the the good-natured blue lightning. And there was a version of him with the bad-natured red lightning. You know, you're talking to me about this game. game. sucked. Yeah, you're talking about this game, and I know the game is awful, but the more you talk about the characters that are in it, the more I want to play it. Well, just calm down, because you're going to disappoint yourself. Yeah, I know, but it sounds like you're telling me all these characters, like the fact that like Kratos is fighting a big daddy, and then he's fighting Zeus, and, and then Nathan Drake comes in, and then Sly Cooper's there. Like All of that sounds so awesome. And Sony, you had it, and, and you lost it. Yeah, they can't all be winners, you know? Yeah, well, Smash Bros., that's like you said earlier. I, I I can't disagree either with you not lumping Nintendo into this console war, right? Because Nintendo has always been so different from everybody else. Like their games are so unique. Of course, there are several games on all platforms that are the same type of game, right? Every game system has platformers, and every game system has sports games. But like Nintendo just does everything so much different than everybody else, and. Smash Bros. was one of those things that they just got right. Like, they have always had it right from the very first game. Um, Arguably, some are better than others, but it's just a hard thing to do successfully if you're someone that's not Nintendo, since Nintendo already kind of perfected that style of game. Right, and I think Sony and Microsoft included don't 
they they don't want any part of what Nintendo's got. Like they've both tried, right? You had the whole like PlayStation Move thing that was trying to be the Wii. You've had um, what was the Xbox Connect that also was trying to capitalize similarly on that like motion control kind of thing, and neither of them capitalized. And I think they've both come to the realization that they are not Nintendo. They cannot do what Nintendo does, and they need to continue doing what they do because that is what's making them money. You know, somebody needed to tell them, stop trying to be someone you're not. Like, you know, that sage advice that's really deep, it cuts you real deep. And you learn one day that like, when you stop trying to be who you're not, and you start being who you are, that's when you'll succeed. Nobody ever told that to Microsoft. And then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Whoa, Zuko. Whoa, Zuko. Zuko, baby. Where is that from? Oh, I'm thinking Greece, dude. I got Greece and Avatar all up in the same brain. All right. Well, I guess we're done with this one, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to that's gonna close it out for this episode of Squad Up. A little shorter one, but I promise you there'll be plenty to talk about next week as we delve deep into God of War. Now, Peaches, where can the folks find you all across the interwebs? Yeah, sure. Come hang out with me, twitch.tv slash peaches. I'm on Twitter at D underscore peaches. And this next week, uh, I'm going to be streaming quite a bit more often than my regular schedule. I'm trying to see if there are any days other than the ones that I just arbitrarily picked that uh, more of you guys can come hang out with me. So I'll be streaming pretty much every day. Don't really know what I'm going to stream because it's going to be twice as often as it used to be, but doesn't matter. Come and hang out. We'll talk about stuff. And I promise that I will not spoil any movies or any video games, regardless of how excited I will be after I see Infinity War tomorrow. Yeah, I can't promise I won't accidentally spoil things in this chat, though, so... Well, there goes all my viewers. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) You can find the show at um, simplecast.com or squadup.simplecast.fm. You can find the show on Twitter at squaduppodcast. You can find the show at Facebook at facebook.com slash squadup. You can find me at abcdeduardo on Twitter, on Twitch at abcdeduardo, and you can find me um, on Facebook, I guess, if you want. I don't know why I'm plugging a Facebook, but facebook.com slash abcdeduardo. That's going to do it for this week. As they say, good luck, have fun. Yeah.